I'm Jim Cameron, Jim Cameron Consulting, broadcasting from the Fountainhead, the home of Synergy Billing, and I'm your host for Volusia Matters, news, interviews, and matters that impact Volusia County directly or indirectly. And now for the news. Governor Ron DeSantis was at Blue Springs State Park in West Volusia last week with approximately 100 attendees. And he spoke on the increased number of manatees in Volusia as well as other counties. Year 330 million additional for uh, targeted water quality improvements. Uh, that includes another $100 million for the Indian River Lagoon Protection Program's second year, um, as well as $9.5 million dedicated to our manatee rescue uh, and rehabilitation protection programs. Additionally, we're calling for five, $50 million additional to continue to support our springs restoration throughout the state of Florida and 55 additional million uh, to combat harmful algal blooms and to enhance water quality monitoring. And folks, I gotta add, I got there, I thought, early, early for this event, but it was good that I did because when I left around noon or so, cars were lined up at least one mile or more to see these manatees. Wow, I was very much impressed. Next item, last week, legislature proposed their fiscal year 2024-25 budgets. And the House, led by Appropriations Chair Tom Leake, is proposing a $115.5 billion budget, while the Senate is proposing a $115.9 billion budget. And both sides will now go into a conference committee to work out any differences before they finalize their budget. Now, local project request from our Volusia legislative delegation in this budget include from Representative Chase Tremont, $4.2 million for improvements to the Volusia Emergency Operations Center, $1.5 million for Emory Riddle Research Park, and $7.2 million for Daytona Beach Shores Wastewater Improvement, and $1.2 million for Holly Hill Wastewater and Stormwater Station Improvement. Representative Webster Barnaby is requesting $7.2 million for DeLand wastewater improvements, $500,000 for Bridge Homeless Shelter, $3.5 million for Deltona wastewater stormwater projects, $2.5 million for Stetson University, and $375,000 for Deltona Fire Station. Now, Representative Tom Leake, as chair of the House Appropriations Committee, cannot, I believe, submit any 
request himself, but Representative Cindy Stevenson is requesting on his behalf $2.1 million for an Ormond Beach Police Parks and Rec and Stormwater Projects. Representative Stan McLean is requesting $600,000 for Bring Hope Home Volusia, a workforce housing project in Orange City, and $2.8 million for an Orange City police, fire, and public works projects. Meanwhile, House Ways and Means Committee Chair, again, Step Representative Stan McLean, stated their committee is considering different proposals, including a further reduction in the 4.5% commercial lease tax, along with a shorter sales tax holiday for consumers, but nothing definitive yet. And it appears that the final budget may be looking to include paying off more debt and setting more money for reserves. Next item. At their February 7th meeting, Daytona Beach City Commission began their charter review process. Now, the charter is basically a city's constitution and periodically needs to be updated with amendments. Now, the seven primary members selected include Ann Ruby, Paul Zimmerman, Chris Bowler, Harry Lloyd, Terry Malia, Ida Wright, and Steve Miller. And alternates include Sandy Miller, John Kenyon, Jack White, William Kamer, Katayina Brown, Russell Weatherington, and Frederick Brown. Now, citizens and other interested parties can provide their input at several public meetings over the next six months or so. The Charter Review Commission will have until early July to deliberate these amendments to the city charter, which will then go to the city commission. And commissioners will further deliberate and give final approval to the charter review proposals before they go to the Volusia election supervisor August the 20th. Afterwards, the proposals go to the voters in November. Next item. Last week, I had the opportunity to meet with Emily Nice from the Seabreeze neighborhood in Daytona Beach. And we discussed a joint beachside cleanup that included the mayor's, Mayor Derek Henry's, Beachside Action Committee and Public Works and Code Enforcement. And I must say, I was quite impressed when I saw the before and after pictures of back alleyways, light fixtures, sidewalks, signage, and parks. It's very impressive to see a complete turnaround in the appearance of these areas. 
And it just goes to show what can happen when city staff, and especially wanted to note Andy Holmes and David Waller and their teams for working together with the citizens. Hope to see more projects like this. And next item, we all know how much pedestrian traffic occurs on the beach side with the abundance of hotels and residences, especially uh, during our heavy tourist seasons. But to add to that, the number of cars traveling up and down A1A. So, Florida Department of Transportation District 5 office is implementing around eh, $4 million of safety enhancements along A1A in Ormond Beach starting at Granada Boulevard. And this will include the installation of flashing sign block crossings at Benjamin Drive, River Beach Drive, Arlington Way, Ormond Parkway, Osceola Avenue, Bosarvi Drive, and Millsap Road. Now this is something that's being requested more and more from FDOT by other cities because these flasher type signs are effective in curbing accidents. Next item, Daytona International Airport passenger count for 2023 has surpassed passenger traffic for 2019, a benchmark for normal passenger levels and the last year of commercial passenger traffic before the pandemic. Now, 2023 saw eh, a little more than 719,000 passengers fly in and out of DBIA versus 2019's a little more than 713,000 passenger count, an increase of almost eh, 6,500 passengers. Now, overall passenger capacity for in 2023 was up 25% over 2022 and 7.1% over 2019. And last June, DBIA welcomed low-cost carrier Avello Airlines, which added two Delta Airlines, which has been here 44 years, and American Airlines for 15 years. And last year, American resumed a seasonal nonstop service to Washington and Dallas through April and to Philadelphia from April through August. And Delta added a special event nonstop flight from Detroit to Daytona for the 500 weekend. And for more information about the airport, call my good friend Joanne Magley at 248-8030, extension 18309. And next, here are some meetings that you want to put on your calendar. Friday, February 16th, 7.30 a.m., Volusia Economic Q4 Breakfast at Daytona International Airport. And to register, go to the County Economic Development page, Q4 Breakfast. 
They've got a great program, including Economic Resource Director Cyrus Callum, who will be providing the latest economic data for Volusia. And next month, make sure to check out the Volusia Elected Officials Roundtable, which is going to be Monday, March 11th, 9 a.m., again at Daytona International Airport. And next item, State CFO Jimmy Petronas announced $32 million in unclaimed property being returned to Floridians in January. Now, unclaimed property can be claimed by anyone. It's an unknown or lost or inactive or unclaimed financial asset, including dormant bank accounts or insurance proceeds, stocks, dividends, uncashed checks or deposits, credit balances, refunds. So check it out. And to search for unclaimed property or to make a claim, go to fltreasurehunt.gov. That's fltreasurehunt.gov. Next item, with the recent talk of federal government spending, you might note that in the last 50 years, the federal government budget has run a surplus only five times, and most recently in the year 2001. And as we know, to pay for government programs while operating under a deficit, the Fed has to borrow money by selling U.S. Treasury bonds, bills, and securities, and the national debt is the accumulation of this borrowing plus any interest owed to investors who have purchased these securities. And for the last several years, fiscal year 2018, the federal deficit was $779 billion. 2019, the deficit was $984 billion. In 2020, deficit was $3.13 trillion. In 2021, the deficit was $1.7 trillion. In 2022, the deficit was $1.5 trillion. And 2023, the deficit was $1.34 trillion. I'll have a little bit more detail about this in my next Volusia Matters newsletter that comes out the first week of March. And next item, with all the traffic in town for the upcoming Daytona 500, as well as other races, I've asked Volusia's local economist, Tony Hunt, to join me today. Now, she is a business, educational, and financial consultant, and has got a great deal of insight on our local economy. Alrighty, today we have with us Tony Hunt, local economist with the American Way. So, Tony, glad to have you with us. Glad to be here, Jim. Thank you. 
Okay, okay. Well, listen, we got some exciting times this week uh, with Speed Weeks right in the middle of it. That being said, as an economist, could you quantify the economic impact of the increased local tourism that we're having uh, as it relates to hotels, motels, and vacation rentals? Sure. Um, the tourism um, peak during like the Daytona races, for example, have been like the cornerstone of Volusia County's economy. Um, and every year it consistently attracts large number of visitors and you know, the influx really stimulates the various sectors, as you mentioned, as far as with the hotel and the lodging, as well as the restaurants and local attractions as well. And it and it gives a real increase um, in revenue as it relates to the hospitality sector due to that high in demand. And, and, and that's the thing. We're always glad to see that, though. But uh, let me ask you this. Do you see any specific trends like in consumer behavior uh, in the restaurant business during these during these speed weeks? Well, yes. You know, anytime you have um, opportunities of leisure, uh, people are more inclined to dine out. Um, and Volusia County has a great mix of, you know, upscale dining to casual dining to uh, fast food dining as well. I think Central Florida is a mecca for um, having all of those different dining options because we are um, one of the major tourist hubs here in the state. So whenever you're on leisure, um, people like to, you know, partake in leisure activities and dining out is definitely one of those things. So um, the restaurant industry definitely should, should see a surge um, in, you know, activities of influx like that, that are connected to some, you know, standard uh, practices for the region, you know, like the races, for example. And I would say this uh, to our audience. I mean, anybody that's looking to go out uh, the next several nights at local restaurants, so you might want to make reservations because you are going to see increased crowds there. So you might want to think about that. About the surge in economic activity during uh, the speed weeks, how does that contribute to job creation here in Volusia County? Well, it definitely helps um, on a temporary basis for job creation, um, as well as, um, you know, recruitment too, right? Um, so normally they may have, you know, a certain number of employees available, um, but when we get those influxes, um, it definitely gives them the revenue and the potential revenue that they need to um, hire out more staff. So, um that definitely boosts the economy temporarily. Um, however, the long-term and the gaps in between, you know, such mass events, you know, can see some downturn there, but overall, when you average it out, um, it really seems to be a plus um, for economic uplift. Okay. And I mean, like I said, I've heard, you know, uh, our race fans, they're, they're pretty good tippers as well. So I know that that helps a lot of our, uh, uh, restaurant staff and all, but uh, what do you see as the long-term economic impact, though, of Speed Weeks here in Volusia County? Long-term impact. 
I think the long-term impact will look on diversification, right? And how we bridge those um, generational gaps to keep certain things relevant and then what things do maybe we um, hybrid, what things do we change, what new things do we bring in, you know, for um, the generations uh, that are coming up and, and how do we connect those generations so that um, as time goes on, we don't see a decline in any of those mass influx activities, but we see a steady increase. Okay. Okay. Well, what about the the impacts of speed weeks in the outlier areas of our local economy? Exactly. Yes. So as it relates to the outliers, we usually see um, a lack of inclusion, right? And a lack of uh relevance for them to participate in those activities. However, um, again, going back to the diversification and how do we include um, more people in those mass events and, you know, adjust to make sure um, that they are included. I know um, one thing that I saw with one of the mass events that we had is that people were able to park one place and then get busing um, to go and participate. And that made it really great too for people who had transportation issues, um, incorporating transportation to the event, you know, helps with the feasibility and includes more people like the outliers. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Well, Tony, we very much appreciate you being on with us today and Right after this, uh, we're going to be having bike week coming up in a few weeks. So we're going to have to be checking back with you then to uh, get some perspective uh, on the outcome of bike week. Looking forward to it. Tony, thank you for being with us today. Thank you too, Jim. Take care. And to finish up, again, I want to remind everybody of that $34 trillion national debt that's adding up every day and for you to look for a new podcast episode that's going to be released next week and the views expressed on this podcast may or may not necessarily express the opinions of jim cameron consulting and for more news check out my newsletter which is going to be emailed the first week of each month and if you're not receiving it, call me at 566-2140 and my $1,000 guarantee still stands. And before I go, I know everybody who watched the Super Bowl this past weekend and gonna be watching the Daytona 500 this coming weekend that you're gonna hear the national anthem. And in saying that, I'd like for everybody to take a minute and be thankful of our military out there keeping us safe and all of our military veterans that have served in the past because these folks have really given their all for this country. And I, for one, appreciate their service. 
This is Jim Cameron saying God bless and roll tide.